Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 130. I am your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. And we've got a couple special guests today. From uh, Podcast Evolved is Oren Domingue. Hey guys, thanks for having me. And from Up to It, Down to It, Miles Dill. Yo, yo. Guys, we are all here to talk about that one game that came out this year, uh, Halo Infinite, which, you know, has been on everyone's minds for a little bit over a year now, considering the uh, big delay we got last year. But it's finally actually in our hands. We've gotten the multiplayer. We've gotten the campaign. We've all beaten the campaign. I believe everyone's beaten the campaign, I'm pretty sure. And uh, we're going to talk everything gameplay story multiplayer all that jazz but i guess overall just how how's everyone how's everyone feeling after playing it getting their chance to finally hop in after all these years uh overall i i liked it i had a lot of fun playing the the campaign and the multiplayer i think is super super fun it's just like i think when we get to the story bit is when i'm gonna have some complaints just because it's it's a little confusing especially if you're not super clued into all the lore and the background stuff so eh. how about you guys i i very much enjoyed uh my playthrough of the campaign and and even getting a chance to play the, the multiplayer for almost a month but three weeks before the game came out or the campaign came out rather uh it was kind of nice to just kind of have those experiences be separate because like if everything dropped on the eighth all at once, like I definitely would have had like a struggle <laughs> to kind of like bide my time as to what I should dive into and when. Because like when when the campaign came out, like I I played a little bit of multiplayer here and there for some challenges, but for the most part, I just kind of side just just scooted that over to the side so then I could just dive into you know what the campaign became, and uh, and very much enjoyed the uh, the the overall experience. I think it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty well put together package, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. it's a good package. Uh, I had a lot of like complaints. I'm a big critic of 343. I, I don't really like their direction or um, or even like the, their products in general. However, <laughs> that being said, this game like severely impressed me. But but even then, because it impressed me, I still have complaints. So like. It, it's a good good product good product like good effort guys um i'm excited to see where it goes forward because i think a lot of the issues i do have is stuff that they've mentioned that they will solve in the future i mean and even the staggered drop as Oren mentioned as well i think was a good chance for people to ease themselves in being that this is going to be i guess the longest halo product experience we're going to get like this game's supposed to have a shelf life of 10 years um but yeah story pretty cool like it's a it's a video game story it doesn't doesn't like knock any socks off but i thought it was pretty compelling uh in contrast to the last two story offerings they had and multiplayer's fun like it's it's cool it's a good game yeah definitely got my hands in there for the multiplayer i've had a good time playing and honestly like if it did drop at the same time i can imagine everyone wanting to play the story and then their friends being like hey you should just come play multiplayer with us like how many interruptions you'd have and if you'd actually get the story done like the first week you want to get it done and stuff so i really did appreciate that uh that early drop for sure i've had like a little saturday morning experience you know wake up getting ready to play the halo campaign super excited 
then all my pals come over because I'm the only dude with the new Xbox and the new Halo. Like, yo, let me play <laughs> multiplayer. And it's like well, one player game. So I'm like, oh my God, you guys are for real. So I had to like a day. So to, to play it on the next day, Sunday, because they were there basically until midnight until I went to sleep. So, geez. Just, but it was they, great they, to have that they, thing they, again. They can pick up a cheap uh, last-gen Xbox and still play with you or even on their PC with with all the multiplayer offerings with crossplay and stuff. Stream it on the cloud. Yeah, I feel like do that too. The, the mystique of going to your pal's house to play the new game. I, maybe it's just the novelty. I, I heard the best yeah, way to true. play it is on your iPhone with a PlayStation controller. That's that's <laughs> just what I've heard, though. You know, I, I had to choose. I was like, do I play it on my Xbox One S or my PC? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to play it on my PC. I don't think I'm going to be even trying this because uh, I talked about it before, but uh, I played Gears 5 on my One S and my buddy was playing on like the Series X and... Yeah, he's like, are you in the level yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still loading, dude. I'm, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> so I didn't want that uh, situation again, uh, for sure. Uh, th this thing is just gathering dust now because I'm just switching everything to the PC now that it's available there, if anything. But, all right. I guess let's let's just dive into the gameplay first because I think that's, that's going to be where a lot of, like, the main thing is where I've heard a lot of people, uh, if I did complain about something, they're like, yeah, but what about the gameplay? And I'm like, oh, the gameplay was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, n really, none of my complaints have been for the gameplay, which I will say uh, it's hard to compare Bungie and 343 when it comes to gameplay just because I think it's also from different eras of time and different generations of consoles with certain, like, I guess, limitations. And 343 has, of course, gotten the latest stuff, so they're able to kind of perfect everything you've gotten from, like, previous releases. Like, now we have a freaking grapple hook that I got pretty addicted to dude i love that grapple hook it made me feel like it's, it's too good it, it almost like the other armor abilities are cool but but like come on <laughs> grapple hooks was like so much more fun i mean it, it's 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 so clunky to switch between them all that just like you just got yeah. to keep the 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 grapple shot. okay i wasn't and the like, only one it, <laughs> no like <laughs> like it's i forget that like thrust and drop wall are even a thing and i pretty much only use a threat detector when I'm doing an elite boss battle and it's like other than but even still like sometimes I'll even switch back to the grapple shot just because the maneuverability is it feels so good and and you're able to reposition so much easierly and, and sign up your uh, line up whatever sort of you know attack that you're ready to do I think that thing was yeah. a lifesaver honestly there were parts where I was about to die after like running into the enemies and I just grapple my ass out of there and just like heal and hide somewhere for a second just to get my shield back up yeah towards the end of the game i got really into using the the dash ability especially since when you upgrade it to the max you get like yeah temporary that's cloaking and that was super helpful in boss fights but yeah that uh that's probably one of my few complaints with the gameplay is just like i i really liked collecting all those abilities throughout the game and being able to have like literally all four different kinds of grenades strapped to your belt at the same time. But like I was having so much trouble fiddling with that D-pad so much throughout the game just to switch between my abilities. But that's like the only thing I could think of that was a negative for me. Everything else was so, so fun, the, like grappling around, being able to like grab um, exploding that canisters off uh, in the distance. Like that's always super fun. And just... 
I don't know. I had a lot of fun clearing out the map and like uh, clearing all the fobs, getting all the the depots and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's just on gameplay wise. It's so fun. I can't. I The D-pad is the only game. I'm going to be a that. little bit of a contrarian, <laughs> but I played a ton of Resident Evil 6 that has like a lot of D-pad heavy inputs for your inventory. That's a pretty True. intense action game as well. Like, so you have to think on your feet while doing it. So it was such a natural extension. Like the D-pad, I almost wish I could stream my gameplay. Like it is, I actually like this setup because I'm used to it. I see why people don't like it. But um, it got to a point, I guess where, where I love the game now is, is I use all four abilities. And by the time you use all four, the first one you use, the cooldown's over. So you can really get these like True. hella mm. cool combos especially when you land in a, a group of enemies. And um, that's something I, I really do look for in a game, like be it like Ninja Gaiden Black or Lost Planet 2, Resident Evil 6, um, despite, I guess, a lot of critics not liking those games because they're, they're almost inaccessible because of complex controls. But once you get used to that, they, they kind of open up. So Halo Infinite, to see that type of gameplay in a Halo game, let alone a 343 Halo game, to me was like a shocking surprise. So it, that that's one of my favorite parts of the game, despite everyone not liking it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it got like a little bit of my uh, Metroid in my Halo, and I, I was like, I was just like, oh, cool. I, I'm getting abilities. I'm yeah. upgrading those abilities. Yeah. I love even, it. Yeah, I saw a bag of Far Cry mix in there too. To be candid, one yeah. thing <laughs> I, that's another thing I would say is an amazing asset of the game is the Far Cry formula. It was my biggest, I guess critique or like i was the thing i was the most upset about especially because there's only like one biome it's really just forests and then metal hallways um that formula works in halo uh like shockingly even more so than far cry like i, I played the latest far cry which is a far cry game and um to contrast that with <laughs> halo shocking dude far cry is boring in comparison like like to think you have to clear outposts just of like goons <laughs> with machine guns and then like maybe a helicopter comes for you versus like hordes of aliens and like ve like cool vehicles, cool weapons. Um, and lastly, this this might hopefully I didn't segue to the story too early. But one thing I was really impressed about is the the narrative, I guess, presentation of the Far Cry formula was actually really well done in the sense that like Master Chief's fighting this guerrilla campaign against the the banished. Like that that I thought was a really sensible approach. It, it was so simple, but it's like so obvious to do that that I'm I'm glad they didn't, I guess, doubt themselves and try to mix it into something that could have been more convoluted or even uh too structured. Cause I know Staten had a a critique when he got in charge of the project that the the game would have been open world completely in the in the sense that you wouldn't even have like that uh path they call it the golden path i believe in interviews and such yeah that, that was a really, really good oh, kind of like the ones that harken back to the 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 missions that felt more combat evolved yeah um it, it's kind of like a, a glorified uh second mission of, of halo ce like they just took that mission and made it the whole game uh it's, it's not even like silent cartographer yeah. I, I wouldn't even say that it's it's um but uh hey like if, if they're building off this platform like if this was the only halo game for the next six years i think i would have been pretty disappointed but if they hold to their promises that there's going to be multiple campaigns and like 
substantial support for the next 10 years, two years from now, this game could be like super dope. Like I would love to see what a playthrough would look like when all the content's added. Oh, so they could potentially, yeah, sure. I didn't even wait. Oh uh, no, I've that? already heard about, uh, I, I watched a video, uh, last night about like, cause after watching the legendary ending video, like, there are already rumors of uh, a campaign DLC. The first one being called like yeah. Halo: The Endless or something like that, maybe. Okay, so potentially we'd be in different. Then we get maybe different biomes uh, and different DLCs. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that, where cool. it's it's kind of like speculated to go to where you have like because we're rebuilding this ring, but also the ring's just massive. Mm. Like you know, it's this giant yeah. structure that you could you could just pop off and go mm. to a different part of the ring. And do whatever campaign that is, and you, you you don't even need to have Master Chief in that story. Like you could have some other platoon of Spartans doing their own thing, and and you could get whatever story that is, and and tie it into whatever narrative that is mm-hmm. is going on for the next ten years. Yeah, and Orin, I wanted to ask you this just because. Um, all right, all the Halos, not all of them are like Delta and Alpha that we've seen in like uh, Halo One and Two where we had like a multitude of terrain. I know some is like, one is a complete just desert, one's like full on ocean, one is like swamp and desert and like one other thing. Do you know what the, I guess, full on environments were for Zeta at all? If that's also a multi-terrain one or if that was potentially like, because that's why I wasn't too annoyed when I really thought about it lore-wise. I was like, oh, well, what if this is the one that's only forced? Because there are are some that are like that. Well, you can kind of just look up in Halo Infinite and see mm, the other side yeah, of the ring. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't even... I don't think like, I ever... I, I looked yeah, at it. I, like, it looked yeah, like there I, were I don't know. some snowy Yeah, areas. I don't know how detailed the skybox would be, but from, from a lore perspective, like, all Halos support all different types of terrain. And and mm. then and that includes the arc as well uh, that you visit in Halo 3 and in Halo Wars 2. And so you have these different terrains. Uh, and the best example I can give is that in Halo 3, in the mission, The Covenant, like you start the mission like in the kind of standard Halo biome, if you want to call it that, which what we get in in Halo Infinite. But then like halfway through the mission, like literally a door opens up and there's snow I've... on the other side yeah, of it. That's true. <laughs> so like, so like there, although we didn't get another biome in Infinite's campaign, like there, there is no limitations. I would say because it's an artificial mm-hmm. you know, life structure, uh, an ecosystem that that you know three four three could just design something and that could just be the way that it is. So if there you have some other sort of like DLC or whatever, like we could go to some area of the campaign where there's like a structure or something. And I think like Destiny even does this with their like shared world shooter, to where now for this new campaign, this door will open and then we magically go into this this mm-hmm. new environment that then we experience and that they added for whatever DLC content. I think we one get. thing Oh yeah, I, like um, planet, I, so. I gotta give a lot of credit to to Bungie for and also like it's a good toolbox three for three can use. But like they made like teleportation's a thing in Halo. Like that happens all the time in the story so Mm -hmm. i think the fact that you can have a character just teleport to a new location gives them so many opportunities to to just yeah go crazy with a new terrain or setting or even introduce characters and um i i think that's where i am disappointed though with one is is if you go back and you play like the older halo games like this is something i don't think three for three kind of realized 
but um, there's a really good sense of transition. Like like uh, Oren said, you know, it just goes to like snow, oh, yeah. but you never feel a jarring change of environment because you exit and enter a level so gracefully. And I think that's something they, they did put a lot of work into because they wanted a, a cinematic feel. Like, I guess, um, you know, a lot of people forget that Halo CE was a revolutionary story-driven game in, in terms of presenting a very concise, pretty pretty deep for the, for the time, like, like a good action movie story. Like, it, it's not a, like an RPG story, but um, it, it cinematically, with the cutscenes and the intros to levels and the context and everything, it's fluid. It's like almost like a roller coaster ride. Like you could very well sit through that game and play the whole campaign without feeling like you're you're going between levels. And um, I wish Infinite had a bit more creativity in that sense. That yeah, like you guys said, you know, you got a whole Halo ring, and um, this this could be just the biome for the whole ring. But it it just pains me to think that you know from all the catalog of environments that they've designed as well and that have existed in Bungie that they just sat with Pacific Northwest. Like they, they thought that was um, adequate. Yeah. I feel like they really sold their, their art department short by, by having them just make trees and, and rocks. Like, I feel like they, they, even if they could rip assets from an older game, I mean, I, something I kind of admire Call of Duty for doing. Um, mind you, I'm speaking of, of like the original Black Ops and Black Ops 2. But one thing that made that oh, such okay. a, a great game is in their campaign, because they had flashback missions, they just put all the Black Ops 1 assets in Black Ops 2. So it saved them a lot of time and it gave oh. them like a whole new sandbox. And then as an added bonus, when you do the flashback missions, you can bring the retro guns onto the future missions, like uh, when, you, when you're in 2025. So one, one thing, I guess... Um, uh, I'll wrap this this teriyat up with like my my main criticism with the gameplay. I think overall the thing that bothers me the most is uh, in the term sandbox. Like um, I don't know if this was marketing speak for maybe they had a huge workload, but that decision to restrain the sandbox for the sake of like everything's got to have a role, or we don't want to overwhelm the player. Um, they had a lot of excuses for it, or. You know, I don't want to call them excuses. That's a bit too negative. Perhaps justifications for doing these choices, but um, it, it just this this game could have had just all the Halo weapons that have ever been in Halo. Like, especially in an open world game, that doesn't ruin the sandbox. Just if out of FOB, you could just call whatever weapon you could feel to use, and um, you know, it's it's cool that you can do that in the game. I just feel that like it shocks me that the potential was so high and they didn't go very far with it. It feels like a very mundane. It's it's good, but not very imaginative. That's that's the, the my biggest gripe with the gameplay and then conversely the sandbox and, and the setting. OK, gotcha. And I guess. Including it's still in gameplay, the weapons. Because, at least for me, uh, from multiplayer to campaign, it felt very different. Where I'm, like, yeah. trying these things out in multiplayer, and I'm like, dude, I fucking hate all these guns. <laughs> I don't like, I, don't like any, I, I felt like I just wanted to stick with the guns I started off with, like the AR or the BR. Yeah. But I don't even want to even play with the AR either, to a certain extent, just because uh, 
I'd just rather play competitive. But like once I got to the campaign, I'm like, oh, these are these aren't that bad. These are pretty good for yeah. certain things. I think one of my like best examples is the uh, I keep forgetting what it's called exactly. I think the plasma rifle. The car. I tried the using plas- it. Pulse the plasma carbine. Pl- is it the one? The, no, the, the pul- it's pulse, pulse carbine. Car- pulse carbine. <laughs> Pulse carbine. Like, I tried to use that in multiplayer, and I could never hit anyone with it. Couldn't ever kill one uh, anyone with it. Uh, but in the campaign, it's incredibly effective. It takes out jackal shields. It takes out, like, elite shields. Like, so I was using it all the time. So, yeah, it, it is weird that some weapons are definitely much more effective in the campaign than they are in multiplayer. I think also we weren't uh, used to a lot of these guns, too, in multiplayer. Whereas, like, single-player, we practice. I found out, because uh, actually my buddy Brandon was showing me a strategy with the Pulse Carbine specifically, where it's actually kind of broken. I mean, not broken, but it's very... Uh, it's just not being utilized correctly. Because I stopped using it, because I'm like, this shit doesn't work. It turns out it's not a good... It's not good at all at close quarters. It's very good at ranged, because it's hard to dodge. Really? Yeah, apparently the Pulse Carbine is, is incredibly good at range, mid to long range, and... Uh, it'll actually potentially work, I think, just as well, if not better than the BR, potentially, uh, if you know what you're doing. But the it. but the bolts move so slowly, though. I know, uh, but they're apparently hard to dodge uh, from length. At least, th- but they, they do track, I guess, is the yes. angle that it is. True. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So, so but yeah, definitely, definitely the, the multiplayer tuning, I think, has a quite a big effect on, on a lot of the other weapons in the campaign. And uh, the Ravager is another good example to where that weapon is pretty ineffective in multiplayer, but it's yeah. also uh, quite effective in, in campaign. And um, and I do think some of it is like a learning curve, just kind of like you know figuring out what what the differences between some of these are and how like shock weapons uh, damage versus hard light versus uh, the uh, the plasma. Whereas in like campaign, like they have a kind of a clearer role that you can do in terms of like yeah. weapon and ammo effectiveness for like shielded and unshielded enemies, but the campaign, the, yeah, that that tuning is is definitely different, and it's you know it's it's a multiplayer game mm-hmm. in the modern day, so they're definitely going to be fine tuning stuff as as the service continues. Uh, but yeah, I did find myself kind of going back to what I kind of know and not really branching out too much, um, like even the um the shock rifle like it's i find it very difficult to hit people with that in campaign um but like it's really effective to like hit uh, hit vehicles to like disable vehicles and then in the campaign you also can take down shields and immobilize different enemies so there's there is some uh i guess you know thought process Mm -hmm. there in terms of the role of the weapons and to kind of piggyback off of what mild said is that they definitely limited the halo arsenal to kind of force you to use these different types of tactics. And it, it will be interesting as they add more weapons to see how those weapons then, you know, add to the, the sandbox and create their own sort of role within the, within what we yeah. have. I, I dude, I couldn't figure out what the hell it was. I'd just be flying around in the Banshee and I just get shot and the Banshee would just fall. And I'm oh. like, what the, what the, what the hell was that? And it took me forever to realize it was the yeah, shock. I, I, I played it. I played it. A match on on I think high power, um, and and I just grabbed the disruptor, which is like the shock pistol, and just like shot at the wasp like five times, and it just fell. It's just like wow, like this. Okay, <laughs> like, it's so effective, uh, but it's like a small little pistol. I guess the plasma pistol used to fill that role, 
with 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 now that doesn't really do it now but um yeah it's it's definitely interesting these these choices that they've made and as as one plays more and and you know like the 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 there's a HCS event going on right now and like as pro players find different strategies and stuff that then the community sees and emulates hmm. you know it's just going to be this evolution with any sort of multiplayer kind of like honestly similar to destiny where like you know sometimes they'll buff weapons and stuff and you'll see a season change and all of a sudden everyone's changing all the weapons they're using all the time mm -hmm. as well uh shotguns in the meta now yeah. something that kind of like i guess i wish was was more with the the like weapons in this game one like i, I said you know i wish they had like all sorts of variants and stuff from from prior games um, but something that I think stuck out to me with the balancing between multiplayer and campaign is these these weapons end up doing the same thing but worse for for a lot of like old school weapons. And like I get that they, they want to have like a, a different, I guess, sandbox or a different type of balance and such. But I wish 343 was not afraid of having a hierarchy of weapons. It's all right to have a weapon that sucks and a weapon that's really good. And um, it's almost like they forget that you can choose what appears on the map. I mean, that's that's their choice at the end of the day. So I feel like they're they're trying to fix a problem that's not really there, or or in fact they should go the other direction because I think what makes say Halo Two or or Halo Three so memorable in people's eyes is you know people want to criticize dual wielding and um, how there's so many weapons that overlapped and some were bad, some were good, but one thing I thought was was pretty crazy in terms of like player expression, you got to see that more just in gameplay. Like some people like dual wielding so much they make it work. Like the the SMG plasma rifle combo was super dope, and um, I'm surprised that with all the new stuff they've introduced, like say like the disruptor, um, hard light and stuff, that they would think the the direction would be to go with less. And I'm hoping they add more stuff or or they get more radical or adventurous. Um, this feels like a like a soft reboot, which they've said, but um, I'm kind of critical on that aspect is is like I said before, is, is that term sandbox. Uh, they use it a lot. And um, unfortunately, I think I think it actually like restrains the game quite a bunch, like especially say like custom games or uh, we'll have to see what Forge is like, and and to be <laughs> candid, another thing too is, is this is a a service now, like what Warren mentioned. It's it's not a just a, a one off game. So they could very well have plans in the future to to rectify all these complaints. Yeah. And uh, with the H HCS going on, um, you know, yeah, like Warren said, it'd be interesting to see just what they do to develop the game further, because sometimes things change radically like uh halo 5 i don't know if you guys uh i know Warren played a lot of halo 5 and and i actually ironically despite not liking that game very much the the pve modes like warzone firefight were extremely fun I, uh, in terms of just experimenting with weapons i just beat it on legend i beat it for the first time and it was on legendary uh honestly just a little bit ago we did an episode on it and i was like i hate this game but <laughs> I was, they, or and I gotta say that game. I was like, they made me not care even more. I don't know how they did that. I was, I'm like, each game, I'm like, I want this one to get me back, and it just makes me angry, and I'm like pushed further away. I'm like, yeah, I, I still remember playing it six years ago, and like every mission, 
I would be more excited to play the next mission because I was just like, all right, I don't really know what's going on, but like this is the mission where I'll get to learn what really is going on. And then I got to the end of the campaign and I was just like scratching my head of just like what what did they what did they do? What have they done to my boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I was much. so hurt. I was defending the story. I was so hurt. I was like, this story was lit. And then I thought about it and I was like, I'm gonna have to be real with myself. <laughs> and like what and <laughs> what really did it for me was that uh i so actually i came to san francisco and visited ucom ron a couple years ago and while i was there i actually i visited ign and i got to meet ryan and uh ryan mccaffrey and i told him how like i'm i'm friends with sean um uh what's his name sean fanagan back when he worked at ign and uh, we're a Halo podcast, all that kind of stuff. And so then Ryan asked me, all right, what? you're a Halo podcast. What do you think of Halo 5's campaign? <laughs> and I was like, fuck, really? The one question you're going to ask? And, uh, and, you know, I tried to defend it a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's just like it was, you know, disappointing. <laughs> what can I say? What else can I say? Yeah, no, for sure. And I guess, like, not to jump in, like, I guess teetering back in, like, uh just to finish up more on the gameplay, I will say it weapon-wise, the one weapon I realized, I'm like, okay, just this weapon is just shit, is the Marksman. What, like, that that gun feels like a DMR's, like, shitty... Really? Uh, I used it all the time. The, I don't like it. I, I really don't like it, because that thing in multiplayer felt useless, because either you're either pegging away at an enemy from range, but if you're doing controlled fire... They're just going to get into cover somewhere and you don't kill them. Or if you're going full auto, the it's so much less damage compared to other guns that it's taking mm. forever. Whereas in the campaign, I still felt the same. Like, it, it still took multiple shots and everything. Ex the only thing it was good for was killing grunts. Like, it was a good grunt mm. killer and that was it for me. So something I, I think is, like, this is another kind of abstract Halo concept I don't feel is is in Halo 3. But like the whole idea behind the alien weapons were they, they were weapons that were supposed to be fun to fight against, not necessarily to use. Like they let you use them because that's that's a fun thing to do. Like, why not? You know, don't, don't cut the player off from it. But um, I think they had an idea of these weapons performing, I guess, unique roles in the sandbox, per se, the, the buzzwords. But um uh, yeah, I'm surprised that these these weapons, like the stalker rifle, works as an enemy weapon. Like like the jackals now, the snipers, they can get you, but at least you get a warning. It's not like the beam rifle where they take you out immediately, and it's not like the carbine in Halo Three where they just kind of plink at you and they're not very big a threat. So um, I, I enjoy it as an addition for the enemy, but in terms of like a a player weapon, those are are largely just human weapons so so it's kind of weird to see them trying to balance out this meta when just the competitive weapons are the human weapons um just all all regards like the shotgun beats the energy sword but like that's, that's oh, the yeah. the fun of the shotgun is when an elite charges you for energy sword you can blast them so i i think it's kind of weird to see how they're tackling multiplayer and like you said comron like some some weapons are almost outright useless um so so yeah it's something that's fixable and um who knows they they might even just bolt stuff in the future like i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if if oh, they the just had a, a new version 
and then uh they they just replaced it so all right yeah they could put it next to mars and mercury it'll be perfect um <laughs> <laughs> no, no one will say anything uh okay that makes sense though that actually would be cool if they just even if just for the multiplayer they start bringing back all the legacy weapons like the actual dmr and stuff like give that. me my red brute plasma rifle i mean they've, they've said that they are looking at all that and i think quinn said that in some interview quinn del hoyo who's like the lead of sandbox and he said something along the lines of like we're always looking at legacy weapons to bring back bring back and we do plan on doing that it's just a matter of you know when and tuning and make sure that it because it it not only needs to feel right in halo infinite but if they bring back a legacy weapon it needs to feel like it did in whatever game it was previously in mm, true uh was kind of like his his marketing spiel about it um so yeah it, it, we're kind of just at the mercy of you know seeing what their plans are and and where how, how time will 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 go not for sure mm. I want the brute grenade launcher back. That was oh, like dude, that thing was great. Yeah. The brute I shot. I was shocked that the the spiker and the um, brute shot didn't return. Um, yeah, yeah. Gosh, one would say <laughs> they were banished. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't oh, want to be the, the complainer, but I guess I'll be the the Simon in this American Idol right now. Uh, <laughs> but you're the... British, close enough to <laughs> a British citizen. Um, yeah, you... there you go. Uh, but one thing I thought was like kind of like outrageous or, or I mean, this is stuff I complain about, which is, is not a big complaint. Like this is a real miles complaint, but you look at say the, the ravager, that's, that's the big square, right? The big sword on it. And, um, the big ruck, ruck, rectangle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, I just thought it was so crazy how, how, even if the weapons, like if they change the role of the weapon, um, like why, why would you just put the rectangle instead of like the brute shot like they, they had this like already pretty creative and well-liked um weapon from the past that's a brute weapon and they're like no we're gonna go with the rectangle and yeah that that decision is just like kind of like baffling and um but hey like like some stuff i think kind of surprised me like the sidekick i think is a, is a pretty neat replacement for the for the magnum even though like design wise, I think the sidekick is just like laughable. Like they, they just really put the Glock in Halo um, opposed to like this, this like really unique pistol they had. But at least in terms of a gameplay perspective, I think that was a replacement that worked um, because now you, the pistols, it's useful, but but it's not turning into just these Magnum fights that you have in Halo 5, where, where if you played any arena map that basically is just pistols. Yeah, you're just already in multiplayer. Like, I don't need another gun. I can just snipe with this yeah. <laughs> fucking Magnum yeah. now. Which uh, I, I will say, you know, I don't. I was like, oh, I wonder why it's not in here. And then I'm like, oh, I see why it's not in here. And I can just go get it in Destiny now and use it instead <laughs> because it's over yeah. there. It's uh, or I don't know if you know this. It's called the Forerunner. Uh, they renamed it the Forerunner, and it's an exotic sidearm in Halo now. I mean, uh, in Destiny. I I am aware that they've added, I think, the pistol, the BR, the energy sword, and another weapon uh, into Destiny. But I I uninstalled Destiny 2, so I <laughs> I think I'm I'm kind of done with it. It's I think I not not anything against it. It's just it's a, it's, dude, it's a I've spent I've spent the maximum amount of time into the game that I think it's I'm a time to investment. It really is. You, you wind up like me, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, I want to play other games, but I don't think I'm yeah. right at all. <laughs> 
Now that I'm done with Halo, I can go back to Destiny. Dude, that's hey, literally what happened in the right. campaign. Because <laughs> the that game launched, Halo Infinite launched the same week as the 30th anniversary for Destiny. Yeah. And I'm like playing, and I'm like, everyone's like, it launched the day yeah, after. Yeah, the day after, actually. and everyone's like, so how do you like Halo? And I'm like, Halo? And they're like, yeah, have you started playing yeah. Halo? And I'm like. Dude, I haven't even installed the campaign. Dude, I've just been playing this new dungeon. I don't even. I'm doing Goonies shit witch, right now, man. Witch Queen, uh, Witch Queen comes out in like February with like everything else. Oh yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's it. February's a shit show, but uh, okay. What? Well, so we got weapons down, but uh, was there anything else gameplay wise you guys wanted to talk about? Anything specific so, or this, anything with the levels? Isn't so much a, a gameplay thing, but like just because you guys brought up Destiny, I think it's kind of relevant. But as a live service, I think Halo, they, they've got a really good idea of making the campaign like separate like that. Uh, because like mm-hmm. one thing that kind of bothered me of Destiny is it's hard to to get into as like a level one player. Like if, if I were to pick up Destiny 2 right now, what type of experience am I having? And um, quite frankly, like when I did pick it up, cool game, great gameplay, like, you know, like everything about it. But it's just like there's no sense of direction. Whereas I think what's pretty compelling about halo is is you can just go in you can finish the campaign and then you can have fun in multiplayer or replay that campaign like i think the the lack of content right now has actually been a very good introduction to that service because you know you can you can finish the meal and savor everything for and wait for the next one whereas i feel like destiny huge buffet and uh, i mean well i i I, I would almost argue though that like uh, vanilla destiny 2 is a lot like what vanilla halo kind of is mm-hmm. like you had the you had the red war campaign which i thought was like one of destiny's strongest campaigns um along with like the taken king uh so and you like hopped around from like planet to planet and you had all this all these activities to do mm-hmm. but i think what destiny suffers from is just the amount of content that content that goes down the line to where now they have to vault content yeah. just to, just to keep other content relevant which I don't want Halo Infinite to fall into mm-hmm. because I don't want someone to pick up the game five years from now and not be able to experience, you know, the Banished War campaign, yeah, if you want really to call weird. it that, or or whatever it is. Like, like I, that that to me is something I don't want to happen to, to Halo. But you know, it happened to Destiny, so it's just a matter of how the two games sort of live up to themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if. If 343's plan is to just update this section of the ring, I forget if it was during our pre-show or, or in the earlier part of this recording where we were just talking about how the the world can just, how the ring can just update. Yeah. But um, I, I think that's one of the difficulties that 343 is having now in terms of like replaying missions within your campaign that you have. Yeah. Is because like after after you play the Pedalkin Down mission where you destroy the three AA turrets, like now when you fly around the map, like those guns are broken and on fire for the rest of your time playing the game. Mm-hmm. And and so like instances like that, like it updates the world as you progress through the game as opposed to a service like Destiny where, where the developer tends to update the world as the events and the new seasons mm-hmm. and the new content comes out to kind of make the game you know, be more alive as you, the player, experiences it. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how three four three does this ten year plan, because you know, I don't know how like the division does it, but those are kind of the only other live 
shared world shooting shooter games that I've really experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, I don't know how Anthem did it because I didn't really. Oh, uh, they game they either, did it well. by <laughs> failing. Yeah, that was their big <laughs> weapon was failure. Yeah, no, but uh, okay, so I, I do have somewhat of an answer to that a bit because there's a big difference between Destiny and Halo still, and the fact is that you know, Halo eventually will be like, you know, they said like, oh, yeah, one day we'll get co-op. And, you know, it's not going to be like a whole thing of here's like a bunch of players at a tower jumping in here. It's like maybe four uh, people max. Yeah. And it's still like drop in, drop out probably. That's true. Where Destiny, you're going to like Nessus or whatever. And there's like 20 other people going in and out at the same time. Like there's a lot more going on. Like Destiny's a service game that's also an MMO, whereas Halo is not even close to that level it's still like it feels still like halo it's like oh yeah it's a single player campaign that eventually might have a co-op option and then there's a separate multiplayer and they're not intertwining or doing all this stuff with it so it's a lot more sustainable just in terms of space like storage size like you look at the halo size of storage it's honestly a lot smaller than i anticipated it to be and especially compared to like destiny and stuff but the whole thing with Destiny too, like that was multi-console, multi-generation, and you have to deal with all of these things happening. Whereas if it's PC, they could leave everything in, but because it's like all the console shit, uh, you can't keep making it build up. Like you look at that and Call of Duty. If you just had those two games, you wouldn't have room on your on your console for anything else. So I could see why that is the reason that is. Whereas Halo, I. Uh, for DLC, it's still single player. It's easy to throw on there. You don't necessarily need to have it on there. I'm sure it's going to be optional downloads too, because it's not affecting multiple players at once. It's just you jumping into this place, maybe inviting one friend to play with you. So it's a lot more, it's easier to, it's just easier in general, in terms of probably development, I'd say, and keeping that more manageable, most likely. I could be wrong, but I think that is probably it. Yeah. I guess the one parallel I would just want to be cautious about in terms of how 343 handles it is just how how the world updates as the game as time goes on because if if they're going to be updating this section of zeta halo for the endless campaign or you know campaign banished part two whatever it is like that would that would just be my question how are you going to preserve this vanilla campaign experience while still allowing players to experience the new campaign experience and and then whatever other side missions and stuff that they would you know keep in that i guess that would that would just be my my main not necessarily concern but just curiosity as to how they address moving forward for the next i mean do we know if they're going to even like update that area i feel like they could just keep it the same and just keep basically putting in a new area in the halo yeah they could it's like i said it's it's, i don't think they're gonna it's all in their court it's a matter of what they want to do like i mean if you get to the point where you 100 percent the game and you you do all the fobs and you know eliminate all the enemies and stuff like that like then yeah that that section of the ring can be considered um you know reclaimed you know i don't i don't i don't know i haven't 100 percented it yet so i don't know if there's like a bonus little like thing that the weapon tells you like good job here's your star but um (laughs) Like, you know, that that very well could be just how how it is, because right now there's no like mechanic in the game to where like the banished forces can can seize back your fobs or or one of the assault bases that you destroy. They like rebuild like there isn't that mechanic in the game. So 
you know, yeah, presumably once you 100% it, like if, if that just stays 100% and then you just move on to the next area to to fight through, that, then yeah, that seems like what they would do. But, you know, 343 three can do yeah. almost whatever so they want. So one thing I would be... is, is kind of crazy in precedent is we've never had campaign DLC in a Halo game. Like, ever. I've... True. It's never... Well, not not a mainline Halo, Halo Wars game, Two had the, but I, but Halo oh, Wars Two right. technically oh, did. Yeah, it yeah. got flooded with DLC. Yeah, and if you and if you wanna, you could you could raise a uh, a, a half glass to to the Spartan Ops for you know their effort there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I you know, about that. that's it's kind of, it's you know pretty trash, but there was an effort for additional story. Uh, yeah, I, I remember all of the Spartan Up soldiers uh, from those. You know, all of them by name. Um, I played guy, that. I don't remember any of it. Fella, Spartan. Yeah, Spartan Thorn. But 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 to to your point, Miles. Yeah, there there hasn't been like an actual like additional first person shooter campaign mm-hmm. on top of whatever launched with that game. So so that that is something exciting to look forward to because you know what I'm they. I would I would want a different part of the ring, some more biome diversity, um, and and you know and just iterate on the systems that they already have. You know, like they have dynamic day and night. Mm-hmm. Like maybe let's try to throw in some dynamic weather in this new place. Yeah. Like you know, try mm-hmm. to push and update these different campaigns. So then it's not just like oh here's a new environment with you know Chief the Weapon and uh, Echo Two Sixteen. Like let's just you know, let's maybe meet some new people. Maybe the Infinity crash on the other side of Zeta mm-hmm. Halo, and now we have to play as some Spartan fours and uh, and and rebuild the Infinity. I don't know. Go to like a shipyard. Like there's a there's so many different stories that they mm-hmm. could weave into all this. So one, yeah. one thing I think was a, a really good hire. Um, it, it's funny. Sometimes you look at Game Studios like sports teams, but when they picked up the the writer for the Arkham games. To, to do Halo Infinite story, I think it really he really did a good job because I think Arkham is like one of the best like small open world games uh, in in the last generation, and um, you know having having like it doesn't have to be like a GTA sized world, but having a narrative context for a smaller open world like even if you go right back to Arkham Asylum, just having Batman and Arkham, I think was a was a really good setup so i think yeah now that they have this like contained world with zeta hato and master chief i think it's a pretty colorful uh canvas to which to which they can they can now put anything they want onto but uh one thing i do think is kind of concerning is i i guess the the hype culture that surrounded the game because you know a lot of people were ragging on it it was a surprise hit um i think it would be kind of I'm hoping they don't do it, but I think they they might kind of cheap out on the campaign um, content because if it if it's not paid and it's and it's a live service, it's like are they going to charge it like a, an expansion pack or like the I don't see the the business incentive so to speak to to support the single player uh, in a, in a very radical way unless you know there's going to be a curveball somewhere with it um, and especially if like like I wonder if the MTX purchases might influence the the financial standing of the single player because that's that's basically the most profitable part of selling a game now. And I think MTX's 
as much as people hate them, those are what support, I guess, games getting better and better. And um, I, does, does Destiny have uh, microtransactions? I, I haven't played it. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, dude. Do you want to know how much I spent? Oh, boy. Yeah, so, they got me. They got me pretty good. That's why they Halloween just turn out so much content, though. <laughs> I mean, hey, look at Fortnite. That They have completely transformed that game. You can do basically anything in it. They can buy, like, licenses like like nothing so i think spider-man's in yeah, the yeah spider-man game. and yeah. the rock and I, I saw an advertisement on my yeah, spider-man and the rock joined uh batman and uh you know fucking neo from the matrix and shit you know they're all gonna go and have a good time apparently it, oh, it's insane but yeah um i think that's something a lot of you know players you know might might want to consider the reality check it, it's really down to how well the mtx is sell to like I don't know if they 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 would abandon their current plans. Like I think there's something definitely brewing, but the nature that's going to be largely defined by how this product performs. And um, yeah, so you'll see with this campaign DLC. I'm, I'm excited to see where it, where it goes, but I'm not holding my breath because these guys. <laughs> They've kind of shaky. So I mean, hopefully they don't go you know the rock star route because that's like a whole other thing but uh i guess to get into it now like just before we hit more deep the characters mm. uh, we we only had a few honestly there's not i feel like this game probably had the least amount of characters we've ever gotten in a halo game i could oh, be wrong yeah. um, unless we maybe halo 4 no ce's definitely only had about four oh, that is true yeah i guess this was more in that they really did try to go with that full-on reboot they really did so Am I crazy or am I the only one that wasn't like super into the pilot? He was annoying. I, like I, I he was annoying. couldn't give two shits about the pilot. I, I yeah, I never got emotionally him. involved with him. So so that like scene at the end when you save him and he's like, I can't believe you came back for me. I'm like, yeah, I kind of can't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did did you guys not feel anything after the his whole like meltdown after? No, nah, it just made me less you. interested in him because he, he was like. Yeah, well, yeah. I couldn't understand because I I thought he was a stowaway at first. He was like, no, he he is a UNSC soldier. He just doesn't he's a, think he's highly like of a, himself. He's a oh, civilian no, he's engineer. not even a soldier. He's oh, he's an engineer. Yeah, he's oh, just, okay. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a guy on the ship. Okay, so I, I just work the here. Pelican and yeah, <laughs> yeah, he literally just works here, and he's okay. trying to survive. Um, but uh, but yeah, like he he definitely like I definitely had like I think the general mindset that everybody was having like wow this guy really can't shut up, um, but I I but something that I kind of defend him with is that we don't we don't know how long he was floating in space. He was there for like six months. Yeah, yeah he was a- <laughs> at at least oh at most at most six months. But I mean like who knows what happened after you know like he could have still been doing stuff mm-hmm. after um, Chief was thrown. Um, but uh, but so he he's he's probably at least a couple months, maybe six months, hanging out in there, and then he finds Chief, who's like this the literal symbol of like hope to humanity, and and Chief wants to like go and fight, and this guy's like not a fighter. He's like, he, I just want to go home. He he just wants to, to go nothing home. apparently because like, everyone's I'm not dead. Even, I'm like, what are you going home convinced? to? <laughs> yeah, like I'm not even convinced that like the hologram we see is like even his. Like I think that's just the hologram for whatever real pilot was was like piloting that pedalkin, and like but like he literally has no one to hold on to, and so he he like holds on to this hologram of uh, someone like somebody else's family to like keep him going on, 
and then like when when she finally comes and he's like i need a weapon and he's like oh here's a pistol with one shot i was going to use it on myself but now that you're <laughs> oh, here geez. you can use it so you know like i think there's a lot of <laughs> subtext in there beyond just him complaining that. and whining but by by the end of the campaign like i i i don't know i i enjoyed the mm-hmm. pilot story but I think I think you have to just look a little deeper into it. I so think. Something, oh yeah, go ahead. Colin. I was just gonna say I think that was his family. Like I, I feel like that wouldn't be that insane. Yeah. Like I don't think it'd go that deep, but I, I do see that. That's crazy with the one shot. I didn't even think about that. So something but. that that off rip. I was like, I don't. I'm not gonna like the pilot as a character. Like immediately was all when people think about like how charismatic the the bungee halo characters were, like Captain Keys or, or Sergeant Johnson. The Arbiter, like, like all these, these, I mean, if, even if you're talking to a Halo fan, like there's even NPCs that people recognize, like Sergeant Stacker. And, um, it it gives you even further, even if you're like a casual player to like a deep lore guy. But one thing I think Bungie was pretty smart with is every character they want you to care about helps you tangibly, like in a gameplay scenario. And I think that goes really far to, to cementing that and they're useful like uh sergeant johnson distracts enemies if you're playing on legend like legendary i mean so, he brings you a tank in halo 2 yeah, brings you a tank like like all, and on top of that charismatic performances so i think one thing with the the pilot yeah he does drop off your stuff but like dude to, to think that like if you order a scorpion you have to hear this guy complain like like and he's not like a funny enough character to be a good complainer like uh, Mendoza in um, Halo CE, he's the Hispanic Marine who like just cracks jokes. And I think he's like pretty funny. Like even if you you don't know the character's name, if you heard his voice, you would know he's from Halo and one of the Marines. Whereas like this this new character, I feel like they, they definitely wrote like a, a Hollywood plot that they tried to put into a game. Like uh, AAA games in general have this really bad... I guess habit of trying to imitate movies and um it, it just goes to show that like man a, a lot of stuff people take for granted uh like characters being useful and presenting themselves in gameplay you don't really see that in halo infinite like you're, you're just kind of told or, or shown why and i think just because you get a why and a how doesn't necessarily make it good and um but naturally if you raise your hand and say that online you might get dogpiled because because the popular reception is people love this character even though really if you ask someone they struggle to name him uh, I, I personally i would have launched him out of the back of the pelican in space oh, when I had the chance i would have been like oh, know. you don't need the bullet i can help you his name's like esponza or something like that yeah i didn't even know it doesn't matter know. it doesn't it doesn't matter i'm sorry yeah yeah i i Dude, I, I when I first saw him, just because I'm Mexican, I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, we're going this direction. This is yeah, this should be interesting." But, but hey, one thing I gotta say is is I picked up the new Master Chief books, um, Silent Storm, which was like a shocking surprise, and the the prose isn't that good, but the story is like so entertaining and has so much fan service in it. That I ended up picking up the sequel book, which I'm enjoying, Oblivion. Is it um, the Joseph Staten books? No, no, these are Troy Denning. Oh, okay. Uh, 
they, they started this line of books basically to, to get fans like me to start buying EU stuff again. They were like, like, like it's characters you care about again, like Sergeant Johnson's in it, uh, Master Chief's in it. And um, it, well, it's about, it has a Master Chief story on the cover. And I think they did a good job in characterizing Chief. And like, it's not so much uh, the Halo 4 one that a lot of people praise, but I guess uh, I, I didn't like it. And then it's not so um, stoic, like say Halo 3, where, where you can like count his lines on your hand. Um, so that part I think is like the coolest part of the characters was like Master Chief, like great screen presence, great performance, fun lines. Um, I can't believe that like this super soldier's got to cheer up this guy like on an alien like, dude, you can't have a meltdown. Yeah, come on, pal. Like, like I, I literally just like <laughs> fought two guys who are called Spartan killers. Like, just guys like gassed up to fight me, and and you're here complaining that you can't find a stupid like slip space drive, like bro. Slip space drive. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, what? How are you gonna carry it back to the Pelican, bro? If if this is this this thing, what I'm gotta do it, like. <laughs> <laughs> The same way, the same way he carried Chief inside the the Pelican when he found him in space oh, with yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, uh, I, honestly, when we just getting into the characters, I'll tell you guys right now, this is like where I get really negative, probably. But uh, all right, I guess let's let's just do all the human stuff first, uh, or I guess. Master Chief's Master Chief. Do we have anything really to say on Master well, yeah, Chief? Yeah, I say <laughs> I thought Chief one was other cool. guy. Yeah. He's fine. Uh, he's just Chief. Yeah, but I I liked the uh, insights that he like blames himself for Kata- uh, for uh, for what happened with Cortana. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I thought that was kind of cool that he's he doesn't see it as like she went crazy. He's like I didn't protect her. Like I could have done something maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's also probably like survivor's guilt too. I feel like, if anything, also that because the dude, dude survived like everyone else so far, and now he's like, oh, it's the next generation of people, and it's like your friends, but not as cool. And uh, I guess you know the weapon, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm gonna be honest, the whole time I was just like, yeah, it's like Virgin Cortana. It's just that that's yeah. who she is. Do you think she takes the name Cortana again? Because that was like a whole yeah. scene at the end, or she, yeah. It, Okay. Yeah, no, she took. They didn't like outright name. say it, but she was like, "Can I, I did take like the that name? Scene. Is it okay?" He's like, "Yeah, cool. Call me Johnson." Yeah. <laughs> I did like that scene though, where she like realizes that she is a copy of Cortana, and she's like, "Oh my god, am I gonna become a monster like that someday? Like, just end me now, please!" Like, yeah, I thought that was interesting, and especially since it contrasts to the rest of the game, where she's like unwaveringly positive and just like, "Well, maybe they're friendly." Like. They're not. I will say just <laughs> yeah. real fast. I know I just said I'm going to complain a lot about the characters. Uh, this was, and I even though I do call her Virgin Cortana, this was probably the only character I did like. Uh, I actually really liked her just like positive attitude because she had some charisma towards her. It was just like fun because she's like, oh, I get it. You made a joke. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually enjoyable. I'm like, yeah. she, she's at least making me smile with like what she's saying. Um, so there was that. That was surprising. She is a charismatic character. I I didn't like her initially, but I I warmed up as the game went on. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? Did you how'd you feel about her? I I enjoyed her. Um, I kind of just accepted her as because she's like the new the new Cortana. Uh, dur- during my second playthrough, though, where where I'm kind of like trying to catch like every bit of dialogue to really like dive into it. Um, I I am enjoying, uh, like 
her and who she is, um, I guess, in a general sense. I don't really there, there was some I'm trying to think if there were some moments that I just kind of like rolled my eyes with. But I don't I don't necessarily think it was like her per se. I feel like it was more of just like maybe the writing was a little cheesy in those moments as opposed to like the weapon being. I don't know. It's, it's a very like weird line that sometimes I I don't know, Miles, if you can kind of see some of this and see your little um, overly critical sometimes um, like me to where like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it was more so of like the writing being weak as opposed to like her being weak. Done. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Because like something that that really kind of struck me is that this is going to be pretty jarring for our listeners to hear. But you can kind of tell when when a writer or something isn't a very charismatic person. Like, I think these these people, they like I think the number one thing with three for three I've noticed that makes that hurts their content the most is like genuinely they don't have the charisma or they don't know how to present like cool ideas. And um, one of them so like on paper, this this was cool. Like, you know, we got like this version of Katana meets the story, meets like, you know, good character all around. But I think one thing that's that's really missing is they, they completely forgot the appeal of having an AI like Cortana. Like they, they missed the point completely. Like something that that immediately when you boot up Halo for the first time, Cortana's this naked digital girl that's sassy. And and you're like the cool action hero. And like as much as people want to ignore it, that sex appeal is actually like pretty, it makes you pay attention. Even if you don't take it seriously, you at least like it's got an edge to it that adds to the humor. It adds to the contrast, like big steel guy, uh, transparent blue girl, like even like that flip. It's like oozing with character. Yeah, it, it just it's, it's charismatic. It's it's social. It like you feel you want to get involved. You know, it's it's a character you want to protect, especially when Captain Keith's like explains how important this this chip is. And um, so with the weapon, what they thought was kind of like silly is they, they i guess tried to do like it like chiefs like this new father figure or something but it there's nothing cool about it it's it's logical i think it's like sensible and it you know it's useful for the story but it's just not cool like it's not that cool i mean like if the weapon got deleted in the next game i would be like oh okay whereas like <laughs> in, in, in halo 3 like you want to find Cortana. Like, that is like, true. That is very true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, even, even like Cortana's appearance in like the, the new game and how they changed her color back to CE's purple. I think like, like it off rip, like that color immediately makes you pay attention to Cortana more than the weapon. And oh, dude, very much so. Anytime those flashbacks came up, I was like, tell me what's happening because apparently you didn't want to tell me you didn't want to have me see it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's what I, I noticed from it. And um I mean hey, so so I'm like a, a big, big military sci-fi guy. Like it's my favorite subgenre. I've read everything, seen everything in it. But like one thing I've noticed is if you look at say but this is in Halo's terms. Like the guys who wrote and designed Halo and stuff, they're they're very like, like for, forgive the use of the vernacular, but like they're giga chad guys. Like, dude, a lot of them are like ripped. Like they're they're swole. Like they're, they're very uh, intense people. I mean, 
Mario O'Donnell was such an intense guy, he got ejected from Bungie. Uh, but like these are the people who can think of like really flashy ideas or make really good comments and observations. Whereas now you have a more kind of like corporate yes men crowd and people want to be a lot nicer and stuff. But like, yeah, it, it's kind of like Disney's Star Wars. Like the, the edge is is gone. Like it's it's kind of, yeah, these things are serviceable. And in this, in regards to this story, like it's a hard story, I guess, to criticize in terms of like calling it outright bad, but it's it's not very, yeah, it's just, there's no hooks on it. No hooks on it. I got you. Um, that's pretty much the only two freaking UNSC characters, really. Uh, Do we want to cover the small bit of Cortana in this game? I feel like that's more related to the story itself of like talking about the way they designed. Okay. That's that's um, fair. But let's just run through the banished really fast and um, what's her face, the Lilo and Stitch, Madam President, alien lady, that's uh, the Harbinger. Um, oh right. Yeah, I straight up looked I, at her and I'm like, I dude, that's just the already. that's the Galactic President from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Uh, but uh oh my god it does look like her house yeah. <laughs> especially when she takes the helmet off uh oh, the man. the banished like you had escarum escarum and the whole time i'm like here li- listening to that name and listening to him talk i don't know miles you probably remember, remember korgoth of barbaria yeah remember that dude that runs up to him and is like i'm gonna make you experience pain it's gonna be real pain and all this shit yeah. and he keeps talking and korgoth like rips off his skin yeah that's who i thought of the whole time this fucker was talking in the entire game i'm like dude yeah shut up you need to die because i really don't want to listen to this i'm just actually annoyed this is annoying me now like yeah. you're just obnoxious i i never liked Ashram. i started calling my scrotum is... like that's i just fucking didn't <laughs> I, I couldn't deal with it anymore like I was just frustrated the entire game because they had Atriox as such a cool villain and they even introduce him in the beginning of the game and he just wipes the floor with Chief. Like, it's not even a competition. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. That's going to be a really cool boss fight when I finally come back and beat the shit out of him myself. And then it's like, nah, he's dead now. Here's Eshram. He's in charge he's now. He's like the the he's dying just, guy already and he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like Chief. less interesting. He's like, He's less interesting looking, in my opinion. Like uh, that's a he, that's a whole thing with the brute design too. I, I just that, yeah, we'll talk about that after. Like I don't even with like the 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 one blind eye and he's like clearly dying of something or whatever. And like yeah. I I just I never got that interested in his like whole we like our story will become legend. Like the, our the our survivors will tell our legends for generations and generations. And I'm just like, I don't care about you, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just like the final second to last boss. Apparently we just get tartar sauce. <laughs> me to Taurus back. Like, could we just like, <laughs> we just so, have him. Please? One thing I find so, so crazy is like, do you look at the villains in, in the OG halo? Like the prophet of truth shoots Miranda keys. Uh, you got like the grave mind. Like there's no real villain in, in halo uh, one, but like in halo two, like, the grave mine captures Cortana. Yeah. Um, Tartarus, he he kidnaps Miranda Keys. Like like they the villains actually like do stuff. Like, yeah, Tartarus was hell. He was dope as hell. I love that guy. Yeah, he like Tartarus is was aware of the betrayal. Like where where you know the arbiter gets betrayed, and in this one, like the villains are truly like just there for you to kill, and and they they literally just that's all they talk about. Like even though they supposedly have this like big objective that's gonna change everything for them you really don't see any of it 
I mean, like, like, like Covenant, their goal was just to kill all humans, and they, they kill a lot of humans in, <laughs> in like, all the superfluous material. And We did and it. As, as they kill Marines or, like, you know, name characters and stuff. Um, whereas, they kill Harvest, like, like, three times. Yeah, whereas in, even, say, like, in Halo Wars 1, like, the, the Sergeant Forge versus the, the other Arbiter had more hype to it Literally, because like the Arbiter was was a villain. Like he he kidnapped like Ellen Anders was like trying to kill these guys. He's he's like a menace. And then they had to like you know Sergeant Forge fights with him, and it's cool. Whereas like in this, like like dude, I don't know if, if anyone in three for three's actually been in a fight or like seen a fight in person. <laughs> There's not a lot of talking. Like usually, people I mean, no, I'm sure him talks. What do you? Mean? I'm gonna yeah, make you experience pain. Like, because it's like a, a you will not deny me like a nerdy writer that that's what they think that violence is like so so that's like already something you can tell it's just like oh he just doesn't know really anything about what he's writing about so yeah like this guy just keeps skype calling master chief like oh i'm wait till i get my hands on you oh yeah yeah oh this guy <laughs> you're gonna be in for it now wasn't, buddy he wasn't strong but this next guy he's strong oh but actually he wasn't yeah. that strong but this next guy is strong like yeah like even the blade master is just like he looks cool but i was dude what i was hoping do with the sword? that like he like imagine if jago was the guy we fought at the top of the tower but then like basically right before we kill him he escapes and so then then it's like we're chasing jaga throughout yeah. the story on top of like everything else that we're doing instead of this elite just camo cloaking out of nowhere being the blade master super, right? yeah the, the blade master guy the guy you fight at the end um is, is that Jaga. was okay like Dude, that okay uh, th i thought we were gonna be fighting him the whole time. Like they was like, yeah, no, this we dude's didn't. gonna be hunting no, the you guy, and shit. The guy we fought at the tower, his he's name like is his name is like Lock Check Lock, I think his name is. And it's like yeah, and like he's just some like like the guy before him, um, Tremonius. Like he's just a random guy. Like you know, okay, great. Yeah. Like I'm okay of like fighting these named banished forces in these boss battles. But like to Miles's point, like like there needs to be like a villain that we're actively pursuing instead of a guy in the clouds or a guy on a ship um, or a guy on Skype. Like it's, it's, it's not as um, engaging. And like, I can see that from like an Atriox point of view, if like, since he is supposed to be like the big bad guy, but they, they write him as if he died in the beginning of the story. And now Eshram is picking up where he left off. And like, like I literally didn't like the moment I finally, believed that atriox was dead was when i completed the campaign and i was like wow he didn't appear anywhere in the campaign i guess he's actually dead and then at the after credit scene like he's actually alive and i'm like okay what do you like yeah. that's just shitty I writing saw that. like <laughs> yeah yes. i saw that and i was so confused <laughs> like just i was like wait but just say that atriox Ashram... is like doing something like literally if the entire campaign was like oh atriox when he comes back he's gonna be pissed he's off doing something else and then at the end of the game, we see him doing that something else that makes me want to be like, oh, shit, what what was he doing the entire time that I was fighting Eshram and all these other people? Whereas now it's like, all right, cool. He survived a explosion that Cortana did. And then now he's just alive. Like he just like mm -hmm. stood yeah. up and was like, oh, I need to put my war paint back on my face. <laughs> like, There's something I, I noticed that like 
the, this is with the cutscenes. Like, here's another thing I thought was wild: is if you, like, did you guys notice how how everything was trying to be like a one shot take? Yeah, like um, a little bit. Yeah, I kind of like that, but I don't know. I I, liked I, I it. thought it. Like personally, I thought it, it was kind of annoying because it kind of like restrained what they like. It, it restrained their imagination and what they could show you in a cutscene. Because one thing I think is kind of wild is like, say you look back on uh, Halo Reach, that actually has a lot of like one take shots and stuff, but they're they're so engaging to like get you pumped up. Like I think one of the best cutscenes in a video game I've seen is. The, the elites that jump you in the server relay in the first level of reach and um like they, they attack and like they it's all they get up in your face they roar and uh commander carter kicks your gun to you and then you're like having a standoff with the covenant while one of them has a screaming woman and then like the soldier the other one grips is like hanging onto the door by his fingers and gets yanked inside and it's pitch black and then like you know like carter's like you know five six clear the hole you're like I'm coming in like yeah like, this, this is a fight now like this is a scrap like these guys got jumped us now I'm gonna kill them whereas like in in Halo Infinite they they people just kind of like they're just there to stand like it, it's a lot of um I guess like uh it, it's very like mundane like you don't really they, they don't use a cutscene for what a cutscene's supposed to do like um essentially these cutscenes could really just all be codec calls like Metal Gear like they're just talking yeah there's no real sense of like maybe when chief jumps off the the top of that tower and get lands in the pelican that was i thought was like a cutscene worthy moment um doing yeah that, like, i like that scene outside gameplay and um yeah so so i think that's that's just something i like presentation wise that kind of thought was a bit jarring um i think the abstract problem is just the creators just aren't as charismatic as the old school guys were and um there must be some like by the numbers like executive interference like uh when the endless chucks master chief and he like flies and hits the tree that's like verbatim something that happens in the new god of war game so i'm sure someone somewhere was, like, it is oh my god you're right yeah i'm oh, sure they, they were like um oh, oh sony's got that like super that. super cool oh, there were a bunch of moments in yeah. this, there there are a bunch of moments in this game where it just felt like they were trying to copy doom like the way when you go to like any door, like uh, when you're uh, like the barricade things that you pull down. Yeah. The way he like grabs the handle. Oh, uh, turns like it the and then like Punches it in. Yeah. Like it felt like Doom guy because like there were so many moments in Doom uh, where he just straight up just punches shit. To, and to it's satisfying to the players. So they think doing that would satisfy mm -hmm. the players for this game, which now yeah. that you said that made me go, oh. <laughs> one thing that i think is like another like missed opportunity is like yeah they try to make like chief like doom guy but they forget like chief is just doom guy but he's got a college degree like this guy <laughs> like he's like super smart like this guy is like the top dude and so like that's something i thought was like a lot better with with his character versus a lot of other first person shooter main characters is just this notion of master chief is like he's elite like not not just like randomly, but like they, they do a lot of context to to show you just how important Chief is. Whereas in this one, like he's just he's just like a superhero. Like Yeah. Like he doesn't really That's true. do anything compelling. Um like one thing I thought was was uh like a 
one of the best lines in like gameplay in terms of Halo is when the scarab like runs down the bridge and like the soldiers are literally like it's suicide we can't stop it and everything and then chief uh sergeant Dunn drops off the tank and he's like stick with the chief you'll know what to do like mm-hmm. and you get in the scorpion and they hop on with you like that type of stuff gets you like master chief can drive us like a tank like he's he's a that's a, a dedicated role and he can master of any weapon driver of any vehicle like that's stuff that should be present in the story but yeah, I'm surprised they, they never really do anything with that. They just kind of, he's here, he punches screen. Like, wait, like this is the same character that intuitively just hit up a holographic ancient computer in the second level. Like, he just looks at the hard light bridge. That was, that was the first level. The first level, first, he yeah. like, they tried to, he tried to like disable the, the warship and he's like it's not gonna work and he just punches it. We're gonna scuttle the ship now and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, but anyways, that I could be your old thing poking holes in it, yeah. but it's it's something that, that it was better than the last two offerings, but by no means, I think, up to the standard that, that the Bungie game set. I'd, I'd actually agree with that, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, moving towards, because really there is nothing well, else to talk I about. I think the last character, we didn't talk about the... Oh, um, Harbinger. Harbinger. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And that was like yeah we don't really know anything about her like that's that's what that's true like, i'm like I, struggling to think that of was another thing like i was i was expecting to like basically have her be like like 343 guilty spark where like you follow her around mm. and she just like preaches stuff to you and then now you're like conflicted as to all right do you believe what she says or like how closely is she doing with yeah. the, the banished and then you're also trying to figure out about like what cortana's up to Whereas it's just like we need to reform the ring and rebuild the auditorium, so then we can do something. Like we can bring the endless back. I, I, like I don't. Yeah. Like yeah. she was Which, banished so by the, the monitor thousands and millions of years, or probably just hundreds. Yeah. It seems everyone there is chiefs banished, the banished are banished, so the it's banished. Like, they're all just banished. It's just, I don't like. I I don't really have an opinion of her because I feel like she got robbed of any sort of meaning because of just how the story yeah. was written. The most interesting things about her you learn in like the audio logs. Like there she I think she spoke to some UNSC soldier in like the the truth air quotes that she uh told him like made him go insane. Yep. Which was interesting. Uh and yeah, the whole like what are the endless and and why is she trying to bring them back? I don't know. Like but the we just bad. Yeah, and like I don't know. Yeah, it, it, there's no, just not much to her specifically in this game, I guess. There's no I gas, th- no gas. Like I, I was kind of disappointed that like the harbinger gets gassed up, and then like when you meet her, she's like just an alien. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. like, a grave mine. Where she like, she came out of the. <laughs> it's like when you combine the crystal skulls in Indiana Jones Four and it turns into the alien. That's what I feel like. Also, it's just like hey, I'm yeah. here. Do you want knowledge? The other, <laughs> I guess the only other interesting dialogue or audio log with her was like when they, when the banished took some UNSC soldier to open her crypt thing, whatever it's called. I, I, uh, I think it's like a si- silex, I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh, he said like he described it as like when she was freed, she was smiling and like, that's creepy as shit. But then like at no point. <laughs> 
at no point after like the first meeting with her where she like freezes like chief's suit and then like throws him out a window at no point was i scared of her and then when you fight her in the final boss fight she doesn't lock your suit again so yeah i don't know why she doesn't bother that even then too like esram's like you better watch out i'm gonna beat the chevy if you don't do this thing and she's like okay and i'm like all right so yeah and like uh, that's the same person okay it takes all the weight out of how like dangerous she seems because it seems like she's just as incompetent as esher yeah (laughs) it's funny because it's it's also the sorry go i was was expecting like I, I was not expecting there to be a boss fight. Like I figured she would activate whatever she needed to do. Same. And like maybe Chief would stop her and then she'd be like, Oh, I'll get you someday and then like teleports away. And then like it's like, okay, great. Well we we stopped the Eshram fight, but then now we clearly have this new fight that will be continued on in this DLC we keep talking about. But then <laughs> we we ended up killing her and she's like, the endless will rise. And it's like, I, I don't know what that means. Like, so it's it's yeah. hard to really get any investment in there because it's it's not that it's like open ended because like even Halo 2 is like open ended. where But like there was still like some conclusion there and, and you yeah. kind of knew where the story was going where it's like, all right, here are the oh, stakes. Yeah. Whereas like with this, like we have no idea what the stakes are. So it's just like it, yeah. it's hard to really have something to like, okay, cool, I'm gonna be going to do this now. Like we're almost where we were at the beginning of Halo Infinite because like we knew it wasn't mm. gonna pick up immediately after Halo Five. Whereas like I mean that's a whole nother conversation if we really want to get into it in terms of like the story that wasn't told. Um yep. but I mean they did it twice. <laughs> like that's the thing. <laughs> Halo Infinite ended exactly like Halo Five ended, where Halo Infinite's or Halo 5's Cortana's like on the hill, like mm-hmm, and you're like, uh oh. But I would, and then at the I end of Halo, Halo Infinite, Infinite it ends almost worse because, like, at least at the end of yeah. Halo Five, it's like <laughs> Cortana is 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 claiming is trying to assume the mantle. Her guardians are everywhere, including Earth, and the Infinity is is slip space jumping around the galaxy to avoid detection. And and mm. like that, there's there's instability in the galaxy with all of this. Whereas like now, like the only ending we get is that all right, cool. This section of the ring, Chief's gonna control, and this Harbinger character's out of the picture. Like it it it's I don't know. It just didn't really feel that like there's there's nothing to look forward to. I guess when they were trying to get you oh, yeah. to, to feel something. Point. So. Yeah, you you nailed it. There's like not much to look forward to. What one thing I think already I knew this game was gonna have a shaky story where there's there's no like good names. Like names really set the tone. Like uh like I mean just the, the covenant as an enemy that that sounds like brooding. That sounds interesting versus like the banished. Like that that's like the humiliated. Like that their, their name is an L. Like it's not even like. Uh, a, like a serious name or or the endless versus the flood like flood is is an unstoppable deluge like that that word immediately puts in your head something you don't want to experience a flood whereas like endless like what's what's an endless i mean what and um and how many games have a bad guy called a uh, harbinger i think that one was was another kind of shocker where where when they i guess revealed that but um 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what the what the deal is. Wait, wait, yeah. did I? Oh. No, you're still here. You're still good. You're okay, listening. okay. Yeah. Orange stopped moving and it actually wigged me out. Um, oh, he was in stasis. <laughs> I was just, uh, was, was just energy. not moving. Yeah. No worries, no worries. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of weird how um, yeah, I've, I you know I've said it before, time time again. It this is a lack of charisma. I don't mind a weak story because like a video game just needs a plot to justify why you're doing something in the game because the game's supposed to be fun. Um, the game is fun. I just find that like with this, they just didn't have the charisma to make it like truly memorable, like the older ones do. And um, but then again, a lot of work went into that, and maybe a lot of luck, or or heck, you know, the stars really aligned for for that to happen. So maybe they can they can do a bit more with their next installment, or now that they have like the space to kind of sit down and and do something methodically. I think it's it's a good reboot. I would say, like at least the the Halo universe is like in a in a form where anything can happen again. Like I think that's something I'll give it credit for. Like now you can have a shocking twist and it not I guess contradict a whole lot. Um, but hey, it, yeah, I, I would be here all day poking holes in the story because I didn't think it was no, as sure. as people made it out to be when I saw the first reactions. I think so. Th this is one thing I, I guess we could end it on or finish on, but it's like a somewhat big thing. But um, the whole thing here with like Halo Infinite, like, or at least with Halo in general, was like one of my friends was saying, like, after everything, he's like, well, I mean, does the story really matter as long as the gameplay is like, if, are you having fun with the gameplay? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, what else do you really need? Like, you're having fun with the game. It's a game, right? Gameplay comes first. I'm like, yes, that mm -hmm. is true. But that's that's not a good i that's not a good like mindset at the same time because mm -hmm. for me halo yeah there's a bunch of shooters like the, if i wanted to play just a good shooter i could mm -hmm. play call of duty anytime i want and yeah. halo the reason it attracted me was because it was filled with so much lore so much story and the, yeah. you know i i've said it before i didn't have an xbox i didn't have a 360 for a long time until reach i mm. got a gold account to go to my friend's house and play halo 3 online and I loved Halo enough, I bought ODST without an Xbox just so I could play on someone's Xbox. And then uh, bought the books, went into it all, loved the shit out of it. And just, it was the biggest, like, lore universe I was into besides Star Wars. And surpassed it, because I didn't even read the Star Wars books. Yeah. And you you get to all this shit, and Halo 5 just kind of, you know, makes things really bad. And Halo Infinite... I get, you know, they want a good way to reboot it and make it more, bring people back. But at the same time, they, it feels like they got very, they didn't want to do the hard work. They wanted yeah. to be lazy about it and just say, no, instead of, you know, we, we can try to fix this and figure out exactly how we can solve it. They just went, oh no, she's, Cortana's just dead now. The Guardians, you know, who the fuck knows where the yeah. Guardians are? Who knows where all these other characters are? Dude. I swear there's a guardian crashed in like the background somewhere. There is. Oh, yeah. that, that is. That is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's in the sky. I, like I saw and that. It's like, I saw that and I was there's like. There's a story there. Is that a guardian? But, like, are like, you going to get what? that? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, throughout the whole yeah. game, you're getting this whole flashback shit of Cortana, like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is probably the most interesting part about the game. And I'm like, why am I watching this when this seems like this yeah. is what I wanted to play? If I had like that's, my, that's what I wanted to do 
honestly. That's my biggest complaint with the story is that it it feels like all the cool stuff that was actually really important happened six months ago when Chief was like thrown out the uh, like the ship. Yeah. I'm, I'm and then not. at this point, you're just like cleaning up the the mess that's left behind, and this, that's just way I'm less. Sure, there'll be a me. book about it. <laughs> like I just can't kind believe of. that. that they, oh, they shit. Made- a game named Halo Infinity and or Halo Infinite and they decided that it shouldn't have the intro be you assaulting the Halo ring with a UNSC fleet. And then like it yeah. like stops you. That's lit. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. Man. I I don't know what they were going for but I I agree with that. I feel like this game should have started with Chief on the Infinity going to zeta halo responding to a banished invasion and and because like the unsc has a presence on zeta halo and then Mm. you as chief and whoever else you fight through the ring and then cortana shows up because she has a pulse on everything that's going on in the galaxy and then now Mm. you have cortana and the banished and the unsc all doing your own thing that then leads to effectively the beginning of what this game ended up becoming to where you have Mm. Cortana reconciling for her sins and she blows up part of the ring and Atriox is presumed dead. And now Eshiram is rising up and, you know, gaining control and mobilizing the banished. And, and then you have this harbinger in the background. Like, like it's almost as if like there's a whole game in that six months. If you just had chief and no one got to play in space. (laughs) Yeah, and, and like that could have been your intro to this next ten years, to where then we could have gotten like the game that we got as the first DLC, where we have to now mm. reclaim some of the ring. And so I, I don't know. There's, I try not to think about how games could have been or how <laughs> stories could have been, especially in like movies and stuff. And I just, I try to yeah. just like think about it. But yeah. like, but because three four three like so explicitly removed story to and, and, and like told us it as opposed to experiencing it it just begs the question of just kind of why if, if like maybe they felt that that story wouldn't have been engaging to experience but like i feel like you could only reboot your game so many times because like between four and five there was a story reboots to an extent and mm-hmm. uh because of just like fan reception but like if you're having this huge uh universe and galaxy with you know books and comics and tv shows and all that kind of stuff like you need to keep some form of like continuity yeah and Mm -hmm. i feel like although this technically does it's it's fairly weak because like again like the whole time during the campaign i was like really cortana's dead they just killed her off really atriox after all that build up like like how how (laughs) is that rewarding to a player I was so... who's been investing all the all this time. Like you go through the Halo 4 of her rampancy and then her uh you know, assuming the mantle in Halo 5, and then all the stuff from Halo Wars 2, you fight Atriox and all this like, you know, for those for those fans, it's just like, oh, okay, she's she's dead. And then you learn about the sacrifice that she gave in in these cutscenes. Yeah. I was so certain by the end of the game that we would find out that Cortana is not actually dead, but Atrox probably will still be. And it was like the opposite. Atrox is fine, but Cortana actually did sacrifice herself. 
and I don't know the they tried to have that hook of like who killed Cortana because the weapon didn't do it, Chief didn't do <laughs> yeah, it. It was literally at the beginning, like it's and... probably Atrox, right? It was like, well, because well, it was like, yeah. oh, like you, if you didn't kill her, then who did? Then I'm like, okay, great. So she's still alive. She's still a threat, and that's what's going to happen yeah. in the middle of the campaign that we then have to deal with. But that never, that never happened. So like, in the I, way the story yeah, starts, I was, I felt like I had missed something. I was like, wait, when did the Infinity meet the Banished? So, the so one thing that, um. <laughs> Gosh, gosh, I, I think what they were trying to do is like the, the original Halo trilogies was really cool because it's in the shadow of a really big happening. Like you really experienced the last three months of a 28 year long war. So mm-hmm. as as cool as, you know, Halo is, it, it's like really fun to think. Of, and it's what made the book sell like hotcakes because like they talk about reach. They talk about like how like the the biggest it's even in the game manual like like the home of the spartans got destroyed like the covenant wiped it out like it like you're not even sure if a spartan could beat the covenant even though that's the player character like um he's arguably the last spartan but like the books they they changed that but um i think they they were trying to do that where like yeah like this this big scrap happened the infinity's gone zeta halo's damaged like even the, like that line where like oh the force needed to to blow the ring apart that that's insane and um but i think the the crux where they fell apart is they, they it's just not as as cool as reach and like the human covenant war and such so like i see why they needed an event like that because they just looked at halo one and were like well can we make a reach like can we make a a big event that this game can take place in the shadow in but um the, the issue with that is they, they had content and material that was leading up to that event. So it, it's like a gap instead of a, a shadow. Like it's, it's whereas like reach, they got to go full circle and make a game about that very event. They gassed way up and whether or not that met expectations or not, it could be divisive, but at least they had that hype. Of, yeah. of now you get to find out like, the the wildest battle in the entire human covenant war that that started the events of halo whereas like with this you have halo 5 where you you have an expectation to see what this is going on and and you don't get it like you just (laughs) it feels like yeah it's like they missed the game like the warren is saying like that that really should have been the first halo infinite (laughs) and um (laughs) it just feels frustrating yeah right i think or sorry, yeah. keep going, keep going. My mind's the, also, yeah, this it's a finale event that arguably allows for every character to appear. Like it, it, it's the most top priority thing would be to stop Cortana. So all the UNSC would send its best guys. The Banished want the ring. Heck, you could even have like Covenant remnants who are like like they just like being at Halo rings. I mean, you have Sentinels. We have four <laughs> warm guys. here. Um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of, you could even have the flood back cause they stored them on the ring. Dude, I thought I was hoping, I was hoping we'd get some flood. I, I know it's like, yeah. they're supposed to be gone, but I'm like, dude, just give us a fucking Well, they're not flood. gone. They're never gone, but and, uh, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm so, happy like, they didn't come Halo back, too, yeah, but yeah. like, I'm fine with them being like in the background. Like I, I did like Cortana's like line or it's like, what you think the flood's the worst thing to think about? It's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, there's yeah, other threats. Cool yeah, there's other threats than just the flood and the covenant. Like now we have the banish. There's some things more endless. But we need, a, but you know, but we need to learn a little bit like yeah. that. Like 
Like, we, we had no idea what the flood was, and it appeared halfway through CE, and then the second half of the entire campaign was about stopping the flood. Like, and then you yeah. have the covenant that's that's also this huge, like, it, it's so, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, like, I, I... Uh, just real fast, like, mm-hmm. looking at all this, each time I play a new Halo game now, like, I, I think Halo... I read Evolution, and then the last thing I read was Glasslands, and I was going to get Thursday War, but then I just dropped off, and that was the last book I read. I think it was like the Karen Travis trilogy, and then the Greg Bear trilogy were happening simultaneously, and it was like that 400 book, those 400 books, and I I didn't read those, but I just like, like I said, I was, I just didn't read Thursday War, and I just dropped off, and that was when I exited Halo for the most part. Like, I played the games mostly, (laughs) but I stopped caring. And it was sad because like that ended for me, Resistance ended, so I had like no lore games anymore until Destiny came, and I was like, oh shit, this is fucking insane. But mm-hmm. every Halo game, like Halo Four, didn't really do it, but like I was looking at Halo Five and then Infinite, going, will you be the one? Will you bring me back into the world where I want to see? Like I want to know. Like I want to get back to the books. I want to read the comics because. I loved enjoying all of that stuff and it was the only like universe that's like multimedia that I could like get into mm-hmm. really. And I don't want to read the books when there's a bad game because then it's like, it's just relating to that. And you'd think like, Oh, when you read it, you get built up and you want to go play the new thing coming yeah. out. And then you do. And you're like, for fuck's sake, like, God damn it. <laughs> so that's why it's, it's kept, it kept me from going back to that area. And that's why I'm still frustrated now because I'm like, you guys just made me still like, you're not doing anything to get me back in. It's sad. And I want, like, I, that's the thing. I want to get back into it every single time I want to get back into it. And I just don't have that feeling anymore. And it sucks. And like, I, I was hoping, like, I'd like it and I'd be like, Orin, all right, what do I need to read? Like, or at least, like, what can I get? Bro, I could tell you good. some good books to read. Like, I think Kelly Gay's novels are, like, really really good like i'm sure miles has his opinions on what his favorite books are but like if you were to read like renegades point of light and then and then like even one of troy dennings is like uh like last light retribution and the newest one divine wind like those are some great stories in there that don't really they have some kind of like parallels to the to the um i guess the first person shooter games but like like Miles said earlier, like like the games are really just one slice of this huge galactic conflict, and so there's there's a ton of good stories out there. So I wouldn't say that like if you had a bad experience with a campaign, that should necessarily like rule you out to want to read a a good a good novel or a good comic book or 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 true. watch whatever you know like you know there's uh but but. I yeah, think it's like Morelia just, just the, it, it always feels like they don't care as much. Like it, it feels like there's a lack of care and that that's what turns me off. Probably. That's why I always feel like, <laughs> no, I, I think they, three they for three care cares. I just think, yeah, they you care know, a there's, lot. They, yeah, they it's care. Not that cool. They're just not good. It's just, it's just sometimes <laughs> they're more <laughs> effective than others, you know, like, yeah. and I, and I wouldn't say that like the story is inherently bad. Like, and, and like we, I, the, the game is fun to play and, and there were some great like story moments in the campaign like i liked a lot of the discovery about things but oh yeah i mean we're always gonna yeah. nitpick here and there but I, I would just say that like how this how this story fits into the 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 universe and and the timeline 
just I feel like just doesn't fit as well as it really needed to be. Um, mm. But like some of the stories within the game, I felt were like still fun and engaging to like dive into. Okay. So. And then yeah, there's there's always some criticism, but I I would say like on a whole like. I, I would consider Infinite a success as as like a whole package compared to like maybe oh, Halo yeah. Five. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. I would no. agree. Sure. Like easily. like I said it earlier, overall like positive. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's just the story. I guess is a big part, but yeah. No. It's like it just, I have a fun time playing this game. It easily. would just be nice to be like a a Halo lore enthusiast and to just kind of like mm-hmm. play one of the games and just like recline in your chair and just be like, yes, like. I'm feeling very exactly. good where we're at right now. Whereas yep. like every time we play another game, it's just, we're always like, okay, there's just more questions that I just need to know to fill in these other sort of decisions. And that and is then, like really exactly how I know, felt when I finished it. Yeah. So like, that's, one thing that's, I thought was kind of wild is I picked up Halo Silent Storm because like it was a Master Chief book and like you could tell they released it because people were upset you didn't play as Master Chief in the games. So, like, one thing I thought was kind of raw about that book is, one, it's about Master Chief, and you have all the Spartans and stuff. But I think the best thing they did about that book, and, like, it was a W in the sense of, like, this is why Halo books exist, is they put Sergeant Johnson in it. And I don't know if this is, like, a soft retcon, but originally he had met Sergeant Johnson after the fall of Reach when they're escaping. They had to, like, destroy this satellite before they leave. And um, Sergeant Johnson's on that satellite. So one thing I thought was really wild was they put him in this book and because Sergeant Johnson used to be a super soldier or, or still is, but like no one really knows. And he becomes like the de facto mentor and guy who teaches Master Chief like so many things that are present in the Halo trilogy games. So like to read that book and then replay the games, I was like, oh, it's so cool that they, they gave this extra backstory to Chief and Sergeant Johnson's relationship because like, then it, it kind of even sweetened the pot reading Fall of Reach again, where Chief runs into him and he's like, Sergeant Johnson, like, like we, we ran into each other. You sort of, you like <laughs> made it hey, man. like a little, little it's reunion, been like a decade of war and you're still alive. Like, dude, get on the ship. Like we got to get out of here. <laughs> so like, um, and especially when he dies, like, like, dude, that's a guy who saw the beginning and end of like the entire war. Like, I think that's like so dope. And um, I was hoping that Infinite would have like the same sort of like fan service, because um, it was it was super simple. I mean, like yeah. fan service works. Like it, it was like who else to put in this book to get me to buy it than <laughs> like Master sure. Sergeant Johnson? So it I thought it was kind of a, a missed opportunity. Like I would have definitely had characters from the book show up. Like to be honest, I haven't even read the Ryan Forge uh, books, but. If, if I was a, like a producer at Microsoft and I'm looking at all the products we have, the pilot, get him out of here. Ryan Forge is the one flying you around. Like, people would have buy been the dope. books. Yeah, that, that would have that that been hype, I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> that. And dude, like the daughter of like the, the guy from Halo Wars 1, like, oh, hell yes. Like, it, it's like simple. It, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's a nerdy production team because they're overthinking it. Like, they overthinking it and end up like falling short because it's like, just do it. Just do it. Like, just put yeah. the M90 shotgun back in the game. Who cares yeah, if it's sure. balanced? Just, just put it in there. See what happens. And yeah, it's it's a it's a very very weird. Um, 
I get in and look, this is across franchises. I, it's not something I um, exclusively blame on Halo, but like, I mean, Star Wars has kind of suffered uh, a, a more egregious, I'd not say, sure. of management. But Unfortunately, um, uh, we, we got to yeah, wrap up. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> That was that a works. whole new podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Well, no, we we'll have our own. We have our own stories to talk set up to it anyway. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be a good. Time. So we have a four-hour episode on why we hate the Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right, guys, uh, this has been Sutra Side Talk, where you know every week we talk about what we've been playing and watching, and we got to have Oren here. Which Oren, uh, where can people find you in your show? Yeah, so I'm um, I'm one of the the mini hosts. There's like. There's like nine of us um, on a podcast evolved and uh, it's we're a weekly halo podcast. We've been going on for seven or eight, I think seven years going on eight. And um, we are so excited that infinite's finally out. We've been doing a lot of content to kind of push us out for uh, the game. And now that it's here, we're just going to be talking more and more about it. So if you, uh, if you want to hear more specifically about halo and halo infinite, you could follow us at podcast evolved on, um, you know, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And Miles, where can people find you? So they can find me on, if they want just the art, it's it's MilesWCD on Instagram. However, if you want the, the crazy <laughs> character, you got to hit me on Twitter, and that's the, the count of S. I think uh, easily one of the most controversial halo fan artist but the best one that's why <laughs> and uh, you get all of the coolest hottest takes and some cool art all right and uh of course you could follow james uh invader jim124 and myself at google comzilla on twitter uh you could follow us of course on uh instagram twitter and tiktok at sutra side talk and email us at sutra side talk at gmail.com uh for any comments questions uh feedback anything like that and uh We'll, I think we'll potentially have some more Halo talk uh, and up to it, down to it. Uh, Miles and I are going to do uh, the Halo original trilogy. And Orin, I wanted to we'll talk to you later about it, but I want to see if you and we're going to be on for that. Uh, we're going to get Dandy on too, potentially. I was going to bother him, but that's a, another conversation. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and uh, next week we'll be talking Spider-Man No Way Home. And maybe if we have time, Ghostbusters and maybe Matrix, because Spider-Man's bigger than we thought it was going to be. And uh, I'll have to see there. So that'll be a, a fun conversation. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this. And we will catch you next time. So long. Blade, thanks for listening. So long.